Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. So I, when I was preparing my message, I was thinking about what God wanted to say and thinking about how I could title this really, really well. And all I could come up with is this, which is not exactly snappy. It's not exactly any uh, love ember or for the city that my husband comes up with every time, but you're going to roll with it, okay? Because this is my message today. There is not time for everything, but there is time for something. Cryptic, I know. So um, I, have a bit of, so I have a bit of a game to start off tonight. Now, I am, this is actually, unfortunately, if you're in between the ages of 30 and 40, you're not allowed to play this game, okay? Everyone, I know, right? I'm sorry, but you'll understand why when it goes up. So, um, I'd love, have a look at this picture. Is there anybody under the age of 30, and I thought I had a prize for you. I do. Um, Jared, in that bag is, is um, a little prize. Who knows the name of this film? Whoa, that was really quick. Are you under 30, Sarah? Yeah, you are. I don't know. <laughs> Can you run? Give it to Sarah. Yes, it is Empire Records. It is an extremely dated reference, but for those in between the ages of 30 and about 37, they watched this way too many times. Um, and I did. I, I'm not, not recommending it necessarily as the best, like, VeggieTales would be better, but um, it's, it's, a, it's, an it's a fun movie. And there's this one line in it. So there's the main character and she says, there are tw 24 usable hours in every day. Thank you. And it's this one line that I don't know why, but I think I took it to heart. Like I was like, yes, that's going to be my life motto for the next 20 years or whatever. And I think it's really interesting that, um, you know, this came out a while ago, I'm not exactly sure, but um, it's, it's not referenced, it's not, not, people don't watch it now very much, but um, I thought it was really interesting because in about the last 10 years or so, the word busy has become a part of our vocabulary and it's become a very cultural norm, right? So if someone asks you, how are you going? You say, oh, I'm good, but I'm busy, right? Like I know I do, someone says, how are you going? I say, yeah, I'm so good, it's just been a busy week. I think, ah, oh, I've got to cut that out of my vocabulary. And I think for me, in my 20s, I was like, yes, I love doing life. I, love my, I loved my 20s. And in my 20s, and I'm going to use um, a few of my children's blocks to demonstrate some things, but in my 20s, I bought a house, which was exciting. We still own the house up in value. Um, I started a job in, in the film industry. I got married to the lovely Michael. We were so... And we met in my teens. Um, we had three beautiful children, which I feel like it needs at least two blocks to describe the input in my life. Um, I ran a welcome ministry at church for a while. Um, I ran a mops ministry. I was part of a youth ministry. Um, I helped out in my kids' school. I helped out... Um, running uh, all of our Easter camps and things like that, all, a lot of our events. Um, and I even went to the gym in my 20s, something I'm working on in my 30s. I lived a pretty, a pretty full life. 
I loved my life. I loved my 20s. It was a beautiful season um, of joy. And I loved, you know, it being a very full life. It was fantastic. But it was interesting. I I was about to turn 30 and I felt God say to me, actually, something is going to shift. Something's changing in your calling. And and for you to uh, do what I'm calling you to do, something's got to give. Something's got to give from this. And so the question I'm always asking myself is, is, am I doing what God wants me to do or am I doing what I want to do? Now, I'm not saying they can't be both sometimes, but I have to continually ask myself that. Am I doing what I want or am I doing what God wants for my life? And I want to ask us tonight, how are you going fitting everything in into your life? How busy is your life? Are you like me where you say, I'm good, I'm good, but I'm just busy? Are you tired? And one of the questions I like to ask and I like us to think about is, is our soul tired? It's a really good question. Well, the good news is I know a fix for that. And I want to dive into the scriptures tonight and talk about how we can deal with that. So we're going to uh, read Ecclesiastes 3, A Time for Everything. And it'll be up on your screen if you don't have your Bible with you. Starts off in verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. I think the reader knew that COVID was coming. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden that God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I mean, the skip to verse 22. So I saw that there is nothing better for a person than to enjoy their work because that is their lot. For who can bring them to see what will happen after them? This is the word of God. Now, um, Ecclesiastes, if you don't know, is in the, in the, uh, in the Old Testament. And it, there's a book called Proverbs and there's a book called Job. And the three books together make up wisdom literature. So essentially, this is a book about uh, how to live your life. As are, as are those three books. Or in this case, in, in case of Ecclesiastes, it's kind of how, how not to live is probably a better way to, to talk about it. So there, uh, there's a teacher in this, and we believe the teacher's probably King Solomon or perhaps uh, one of the kings slightly down the line. But it was a king and a king of much wisdom. And throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. Life is just meaningless. And it's really interesting. When you um, translate that word meaningless, well, we go back to the Hebrew translation. It's actually the word hevel. So they're saying, hevel, hevel, hevel. Life is hevel. 
But if we actually take evil, which we've translated it to meaningless in our scriptures, but the actual best translation that we have come up with now over many years of, of learning the Hebrew language is actually the word vapor or smoke. So essentially throughout this book, this beautiful book, it's saying life is like smoke. Life is fantastic, it's full of joy, it's full of hope, there's great, wonderful things that happen. Um, but essentially, like smoke, it's gone in a moment. And, and I think um, so when we think about the, the, the time that we uh, are on the earth compared to how long the earth beings around, you can kind of understand what it's saying, that we're here in a moment and we're gone in a second. You know, it's interesting in our lives, sometimes it's, it's one cancer diagnosis and it's gone. It's one car accident and it's gone. It's one job loss and it's gone. It's a pandemic and it's gone. Sounds kind of depressing, right? You're thinking, Jen, this is not what I wanted on a Sunday afternoon. But let me tell you, there is a way to live in evil. There's a way to live in the middle of evil. If life, or in this case that we're talking about in chapter 3 today, time is like evil, how do we live in that? How do we find meaning in the middle of that? Well, firstly, it's accepting that everything is out of your control and that that is okay. For a control freak like me, it's scary to hear that. But when I've, I've learned how to live in this world of evil, I've been able to understand that there's actually a blessing, that I can actually find peace in letting God take control. Here, I, I believe the teacher is saying in this scripture, he's saying, hey, do you realize you're not actually meant to be doing it all at once? Hey, do you know that God actually wants you, wants you to enjoy your life? Hey, do you know that you're not actually meant to be stressing about all those things that you've got to get done? Hey, do you know that you're loved, not for what you do, but for who you are? We're not promised tomorrow. And for a mom of three kids, that could be really scary if I didn't trust Jesus. But the trick is, the trick to fixing our stress and overworked lives is we have to learn to enjoy God. We enjoy what we're given right now. No matter how little or how much I have, when I've learned to enjoy God, I can, I, can in, I can enjoy all those things that I'm given or that I'm not given. I can understand that cancer does not have the final say. I can understand that my kids leaving the church doesn't mean that God's done with them. That me not getting that job doesn't mean that God's not going to provide for me. Verse 22 says, for who can bring them to see what will happen after them? Here is the good news, friends. God can. God sees what is to come and he is still in control. He's still on the throne once your lives are gone, yours and mine. So perhaps tonight uh, God is going to call you out of something to call you into something. When I was slightly younger, I was doing youth ministry and um, I was doing that right up until I had my third child, Noah, and about two months after that, I felt God saying to me, actually, I want you to uh, step out of youth ministry. And for those who know me, I'm a very, I'm an activator. I love to be doing stuff. You'll always find me busy running around doing kind of stuff, you know, or having a full life. That's kind of who I am and I like it. And so he called me out of that. 
And I was, I was sitting in the bath one Friday night after the kids had gone to bed and um, Mike had uh, been at, at youth ministry and I just started crying. Now, most of you think, mate, mate, you're in the bath, you're relaxing, chill out. But I, I was, I started crying and I, I said to God, I said, God, what do you have for me? What do you want for me? And he said, Jen, I actually want you to stop and I want you to listen because I'm calling you out of something into something. And so I needed, to, I needed to understand that. I needed to understand what God had for me and how he was calling me out so that I could learn to listen to him so I could hear what he's saying. I needed to understand that all the things in my life could be taken away, everything I leaned on, everything I relied on, but that God's love always remained. And I needed to truly understand that. And it's, you know, it's actually interesting. It's, you know, it was when we stepped out of youth ministry and I started to press into maybe, God, what could be next? We started to walk down this line of church planning. And little did I know that in a couple of years' time, I was going to start running a church that would need all of me. And I actually needed to let God have all of me first. I needed to learn that. So I want to tell your friends, there's not time for everything all at once. There's just not. But there is a time for everything. There's not time for everything all at once, but there is a time for everything. So I want to ask you tonight, what is it your time for? Are you making time to spend with Jesus? I hear people say all the time, I'm not hearing Jesus. And I say, are you making time to spend with Jesus to hear his voice? How do you know him unless you spend time with him? And, you know, we are in a society right now where we need to make time. We don't just find it, right? We just don't find time. It's not part of how we live anymore, but we make time. I want to talk to us tonight about a man that most of you will know, and his name is Jesus. Jesus did, uh, pass, did public ministry for three years. Now, if I knew that I was only going to be running this church for three years, I can tell you I would have tried to fit every single thing I could in into three years. You can guarantee that you would all be really seriously exhausted because I would have tried to clamp everything into the first three years of running this church. Praise the Lord. I've, it's almost three years and we're going to be longer than that. So... But, you know, it's interesting, you know, if Jesus was only doing public ministry for three years, you think he would have tried to fit everything into his ministry, right? He would have been so busy trying to do this and that and go here and be there and do this and do that. But when I read the scriptures, I don't get that same feeling. I don't get that same feeling that Jesus was busy. And I was thinking around this and I thought um, around, there's a scripture in uh, Luke 8 and it talks about how Jesus was on his way on a journey. There was a man that came and said, hey, can you pray for my daughter? He said, yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll go with you and I'll, I'll go on that journey. So he's on this journey. He's walking through a bunch of people. His disciples are with him. It's very, very crowded. And all of a sudden he stops and he says, the power just went out of me. He's like, who touched me? And his disciples are like, are you crazy? There's a lot of people here. It's like walking through. If you've ever been to Japan, I know you guys have, like when you walk through those main areas and there's just, there are just so many people touching you. It's like a crazy thing to us who touched you. Some, anybody could have touched you, Jesus. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me. The power of God goes out and he, he finds this woman or this woman comes up and says, actually, it was me. You know, I need healing. And he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. And she's healed in that moment. But it's not the healing that's, gra- that's grabbed me. What it actually was was the fact that Jesus stopped 
He was on a path. He was walking. He was going somewhere that was really, really important. He had to heal someone. There was probably nothing. I would say, you know, if I'm the father of that little girl, there's nothing that's more important in that moment than healing this girl. But Jesus says, do you know what? Actually, even in the midst of going somewhere really, really important, I'm going to see this woman. I'm going to stop and I'm going to meet her right where she's at. He doesn't keep going. He doesn't miss her on the path because he's so laser focused in where he's going. No, he stops and he sees this woman and he heals her. He takes time out of his busy schedule of doing that important thing and he heals her. You know, I think for somebody in this room, the only thing you might hear tonight is that God sees you. He sees you and he's stopped what he's doing to meet you right where you're at. How busy are we sometimes and we don't see the thing right in front of us? We're so laser focused as to where we're going, where we're going. We don't actually see what God's wanting us to do right here in this moment. You know, Jesus, he had three years of public ministry and he didn't try and spend that going all the way, flying all around the world. It wasn't just because planes didn't exist. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't go around the world and tell everybody about Jesus. What he did was he invested into the 12 disciples. And they went out and spread the gospel into the world. Now, this is Jesus, right? He could do miracles. He could do anything. He could appear in one place and appear in another, I'm sure. You know, but he chose not to do that. He chose to do what God had called him to do, which was to empower these 12 disciples to go out and share the good news of him. And what he did is he did that really well. You know, for, and, and when I think about that, I think, you know, in today's society, if you said, I raised up 12 people, people would be like, eh, yeah, good job. You know, like you're managing, you're managing three or four people. You could be doing more. He's just like, no, no, no. This is what I'm called to do. This is what I'm here to do. And so he did that. He did that really, really well. Jesus took time to rest, but he also took time to do what God was calling him to do. If Jesus is our example to follow, then can I encourage you, make time to read about him. Read about what he did with his 24 hour usable hours. I live a pretty flexible life right now. I, um, I can say no freely to the things that God is calling me to and, and I can, or not calling me to, and I can say yes to the things that he is calling me into. Now, I'm not perfect at it, but I'm getting better at actually saying, no, this is what God's calling me to do. I'm actually going to focus in on that and do that well. There are things that God, if God is calling you into something, there are things that he's calling you to sacrifice to make space for that. When my kids were little, um, I didn't feel like God was calling me to go back into full-time work. And so because of that, we had to sacrifice potentially not living in a very big house, not being able to do all those renovations that I would have loved to have done. But I, it's, I am willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to be in the center of God's will. And that's what we did. So I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you. What is God saying to you? Is he saying stop something so you can start something? Or is he simply making, saying, make room for me? Make room for him. I still have three kids. I still run a church. I still preach. I still help out in my kids' school. I still stupidly say yes to being the manager of a cr cricket team. That's another sermon. Oh, man. <laughs> but the difference between that life and now is that God is first, that God is before any of that. And I don't actually wear a badge of I'm busy. I don't wear it like a badge of honor anymore. 
Like if I have a busy week, I roll with it and I ask God, what do you want me to get rid of? What do you want me to do to make space for you? I read the book, The Illumination of Hurry by John Mark Homer, and I want to encourage you to read it because what it does is it teaches us. It speaks really clearly. It's a very easy book to read, but it speaks very clearly to us about how we can start to put God first in our lives, how we can start to make room for him, how we don't have to rush through everything in life. There are really important things in your life. There are things that you have to do, like going to work, or there are things that you have to do, like going to uni, I'm sure. But, you know, there is a time for everything. It's just not time for everything all at once. You know, tomorrow I'm going away uh, with Mike and the kids to McLaren Vale for six days, which is going to be awesome. You know, but this week my kids were on school holidays and I needed to write a sermon. And I had to say to God, okay, God, show me. Show me how I can prioritize the big blocks that need to be in there. And I did. I just said simply no to some things. I just said no to some things so that I could say yes to the right things. So church, let's exhale. Let's breathe. Let's take a moment. Because many of you, you know that sentence. You know that there is a time for everything, but you're living like there's time for everything all at once, and there's not. I believe God is saying to us, do you realize that I actually want you to enjoy me? That I actually want to fill you? That I want your lives to be full? There really is a time for everything. And for some of you in this room, it's time to step up and fight for your marriage. For some of you, it's time to trust God with that job. For some of you, it's time to trust God with that relationship. Maybe you need to trust God with that bad news. Maybe you simply need to trust God that he will finish what he started. Maybe it's simply your time to not waste time anymore. Maybe for you, it's about trusting him, about stepping out into that calling. For some of you here, you've known you've got a calling on your life and you've been too afraid to step out. And I feel like God's saying, trust me, you can step into that. Don't let it get to a point where he has to do this to your life before you listen. You know, I know that there is a time for everything because God has proven it to me over and over again. It's a lot of people's birthdays this week, like a lot of people's birthdays this week. We found out it was also Jim's birthday. We didn't know that this morning. It was crazy. There's a lot of birthdays. But today, today is the birthday of one of my favorite people in the world. Well, she was. Her name is Charlotte Jones. And she was my best friend. And two years ago, I sat with her body after she died. And I cried and I wept as she'd passed away when I was just in the next room listening. And the Lord said to me, he was like, I've got her. I've used you. It's okay. I've got her. And you know, the reason that I know there is a time for everything is the day before I went round to Charlotte's house and she had asked me to come over and, and we sat on her couch and our kids played very loudly because all of our kids are loud and they played very loudly in the next room and we sat and we cried together and we mourned over some things that were going on in her life and my atheist friend of 10 years the woman who said I don't even want to hear about Jesus to me for 10 years looked at me and said how tell me about Jesus she said tell me about how I can know Jesus And I sat with her on that day before she died and I shared the gospel with her. 
And that's how I know that there is a time for everything. Because can I tell you, friends, we didn't know she was going to pass away. This was not, you know, sitting in the hospital room knowing that it was her time. We had no idea. She died of a, blade, of, of a brain bleed in the middle of the day when she went for a sleep. So don't tell me that God's timing is not perfect because it most definitely is. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I was available. I'm glad that I made space for her in that moment, that I stopped what I was doing when she called me and said, I need you here. My mic was overseas. Um, I had my three kids. I'd planned that Saturday to go and clean my home and to get the uniform ready for Monday because he wasn't going to be there. And I had all these lists of things I needed to do. And what I had to do was stop. I had to stop and say, none of that matters in light of what God is calling me to do. And so I took my children with me. And I am so glad that I listened. I'm sure God could have found somebody else to tell her about the love of Jesus, but I'm so glad that he didn't have to. I'm so glad that he was able to use me. You know, she died knowing the gospel. She died knowing what Jesus had done for her. And I'm glad that I made time for that. I'm glad I was available. There is a time for everything. And tonight I ask you, what is it your time for? Encounter, what is it your time for? What has the top priority in your life? Or should I say, who does? Who has the top priority in your life? I love watching the interns grow over the year that they're with us. It's just, it's a really wonderful experience. And, you know, as they grow along, they say, oh, look, I think I'm growing because of the, you know, the, the Bible study time. Or I think I'm growing because I've got one-on-one um, -on -one time with Mike and Jan. Or I think I'm growing because of the cohort that I'm around. And I smile because I actually know why they're growing. They're growing because they take time out of their week to invest in their relationship with God. They take time to be with the Lord every single week and they continue to grow closer and closer to Jesus. And that is the reason that they are growing over this year. You know, the interns that keep going after internship, they, those that continue to keep growing are those who continue to prioritize their relationship with God. Who has the top priority in your life? Because friends, there is not time for everything all at once, but there is a time for everything. There is time for God in your life. And can I tell you, if, if spending time with God is a chore, then you're not working from the overflow. If serving on church and Sunday is a chore, then you're not living in the overflow. Because the truth is, when we come before God, when we allow His presence to encounter us, we, can, we overflow with joy. You know, I'm not saying every moment of your life is glorious, but I can tell you that God fills you in every moment that you need Him. I can tell you that when I get on my knees in those moments when I'm not feeling it, that's where God meets me. That's where He heals me. That's where He sets me free. So can I encourage you, get on your knees before Jesus. Open up the Word. If you've never known Jesus, can I encourage you? Ask Him to speak to you. Say, God, if you're real, reveal yourself. And He will. He will meet you right where you're at. Just like He did with that woman 
on the road, He will stop and He will meet you right where you're at. For some of you, you're going to need to give up some big things in your life to do this. You're going to need to move some big rocks in your life to prioritise Jesus. But for most of you, it's not actually removing big rocks that you actually need to do. It's that, I don't know if you've ever seen the analogy where you place in all the big rocks and then you fill it, you can fill it with a lot more sand and water because you've got the big rocks placed in there first. Well, I think for some of you, it's actually some of those little things that you actually need to let go of. Some of those things that are distracting you from spending time with Jesus. Some of those little things in your life that have taken the place of God. You know, there are lots of ways we help you do that here at Encounter. You know, we've started reading the Bible in a year together and you can join that no matter where you're at. I love seeing people's comments every day. Adelaide's a great commenter, commenter on that. You know, we have at 7am prayer meetings, you can be like me and set your alarm for 6.55 and then 6.58 so that you can then click on the link, the Zoom link on your phone. You know, I actually have it off. Like it's ne- the screen is never on at 7am in the morning because I'm not a morning person. But I join those prayer meetings and I sacrifice that sleep because I, I, I want the power of God in my life. I want a relationship with Jesus. And so maybe you need to make space for things like that. Maybe you need to make space for your plus one. Charlotte was my plus one. And for those who have never heard of what a plus one is, essentially, it's, it's just we encourage everyone in Encounter to have someone that you're praying for to come to know Jesus. Someone that you're friends with in your school or your uni, outside of church, that you want to see the love, want them to know the love of Jesus. And we encourage you to pray for them and hang out with them, spend time with them. Because every single person matters to Jesus. And maybe you need to say no to hanging out with some of your Christian friends so that you can hang out with people who don't know the love of Jesus. Maybe you need to say no to hanging out with your girlfriend an extra day a week so you can have time for Jesus and time for those people. Maybe tonight, it's, it's actually, you've actually never accepted Jesus into your heart. And that's the first step, is saying, yes, Jesus, I see you and I want to know you. There is not time for everything all at once, friends, but there is a time for everything. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.